Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. This is from our recordings with Chris Ballard, the Colts general manager, earlier this summer for our podcast on Andrew Luck. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Yeah, I didn't know Andrew yet. I mean, I'd watched him play. I'd, you know, I was a part of the Kansas City team in 2013 and watched him play you know, and struggled for three quarters against us. And then in the fourth quarter, absolutely come alive um, and come back and beat us. I think we were up 38 to 10 and then just got on, just got on a really hot streak and um, come back and have one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history. So I, I saw that. Then I, then you watched him through the years. Um, so I had tremendous respect for, you know, him, the player, um, but then also, you know, who he was, just how he conducted himself both on and off the field. So that was, you know, that was only my only interactions with him. And I didn't have enough of a, I didn't have enough of a background to really know. And I'll never forget in 16, we play him and, you know, I, we, had, we had got after him pretty good. And, and I know we had hit Andrew multiple times in the game. Um, and after the game, I was up in the press box doing work for some, you know, trying to get workouts and players set for the next, for that Monday. Cause we had a couple of players injured in the game. And I remember watching Andrew's press conference and he just, you know, you're asking questions, you know, Andrew, you know, you were hit multiple times in this game. Um, what do you attribute those to? And Andrew said, you know what? I got to get rid of the ball. That's my fault. I've got to get rid of the ball. You know, Andrew, you know, you forced him, you know, you had a pick here. Can't remember what quarter it was. Um, and I remember it was because what play we had really pressured him on. Um, and uh, that's my fault. Um, I got to throw a more accurate pass. And I just remember sitting there thinking, here's a, here's a guy that we just beat up physically. And he just owns it all. He takes, he takes all and leaves all the pressure off everybody else around him and never blames anyone else. And I'll never forget walking downstairs and telling, I think it was Coach and John, Hey man, I just I just witnessed the one of the most unbelievable press conferences in terms of leadership that I'd ever seen. And then you take over, I don't know, three four months later. Where yeah. was he? Where was he at when you when you took over? Where was he at? Yeah, he. You know, Andrew was not in a good place. Um, you know, physically, he was not. He had just had surgery. Um, and physically he wasn't in a good place. I, I'll never forget our first meeting and, you know, Andrew came in, he had his shoulder in a sling. He had, I think he was two weeks post-op and, you know, he, I could tell he was a little anxious and nervous and he, he had a list of things he wanted to talk about. And finally he started talking. I said, put down the list. I said, let's just, can we talk and get to know each other? I said, let's, let's, let's do that first. And then we can, we can hammer through everything we got to hammer through, but let's, let's get to know each other. Um, and you know, the one thing is like, I, I realized right away is that 
I was going to have to build trust. I knew that was going to take time. And my actions um, to Andrew were big. Um, and my actions going forward for him were going to be big and building that kind of relationship and trust that needed to be built. Um, but physically and mentally, he was, he was not in a, he was not in a real good place when I walked in the door. You think he, and he's told me this, he told me this point blank. Do you think he put too much pressure and hurried too much in that late summer, fall of 17? Like, I feel like he felt like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders and, and that didn't help the rehab. Do you feel like he pushed himself too quickly, too fast? I think, I think if you go back all the way to 15, when he first was initially hurt, and I think that was around when Andrew did his new contract. And the one thing that I really love about him, you know, and we're still very close, but I, one thing I really love about Andrew is his care for other people, you know, and that could, you know, that's not only a, positive, but that can also be a negative. Um, but Andrew doesn't want to let anybody down and his care and empathy for others is as strong as any player I've ever been around. I mean, he truly cares about those people within the building, his teammates, his coaches, the front office, like he truly cared about them and he wanted to do good for them. So I think, like if you even track it back to his first injury, you know, when he first got hurt, you know, to continue to, to, to rehab and to fight through it. Um, you know, I think all of that eventually just weighed on him to a point where, you know, when he got this, you know, got the surgery done, you know, after, I don't know, whatever the time amount was from the first time he actually had the injury. Um, I think all the pressure, and his empathy for others and care for others and the weight of the world on him, um, you know, eventually just wore him down at that point. As dark as, as 17 was, you know, into early 18. And where did you start to believe? Cause I went back and, and you were like, he's going to be back. Like you were saying stuff that was risky. I mean, because of everything that had been said before and, you know, the Colts had said he's going to be ready for 17 and he wasn't, I mean, why did you believe so strongly that he was going to be fine again? That's a, that's a good, cause I believed in Andrew. I think I got, I think going through all we went through in 17 and watching him fight, you know, to try to get back right to play. And then I'll never forget, like you remember in December when he went away and then he came back and, you know, unfortunately we had to let go of Chuck, you know, then we went to the coach and search, you know, and then Josh, you know, Josh made his decision not to come. And I never forget, like, I, I talked to Andrew right after that point. And he told me, he said, Chris, I'll be back. He goes, you can bet I'll be back. And I believed him. Um, I did. And, you know, for whatever reason, I just heard conviction in his voice that he was going to be back and he was going to be himself and he was going to play good football. So February or March, he started to say, you know, I'm going to be back. And then you make the trade to was, go from three to was, six. And Yeah, I think it was early February when we okay. had that talk. Yeah. Um, what was the Tom House story you told me the other day about, you know, I mean, he, he goes through camp and, and everything's fine and the governor's off. and But he's got to play and he's got to play in games. And then 
he was okay the first couple of weeks. Um, but then you said it was that Texans game, right? If you could just tell the, the Tom House story, that I feel like that's a big moment. Yeah, so I'll never forget. We're, you know, we start out, I think at that point we were one and three. I think we were one and three, one and two or one and three. And, you know, it's Tom and I are sitting on the gator practicing. Andrew walks over and looks at Tom and just said, look, will I ever be great again? You know, will I ever be who I was again? Um, and I think physically at that point, Andrew was good. Now it was just mentally getting the confidence back that he needed to have to, you know, to play at a high level again. And Tom actually stayed through the weekend and, and watched the game with me in the box. And in the first half, if you remember now, we got down, we weren't very good as a team. And the boy in the second half, man, that's when you, that's when you saw the real special and Andrew come out, brought us back. I remember at the end, end of the game, we had to score a touchdown and get a two point conversion. Um, but he was just tremendous. And I remember Tom telling me, he goes, well, if that's not great, I don't know what is. And he was exactly right. And you saw, you saw just a little different look in Andrew's eye um, going forward, just a confidence level that, okay, I still can do this at a high level. I'm still very valuable to this team. And I thought that was a very important moment for him, even though we ended up losing the game. You know, with you know, when we went for it in overtime, you know, I thought that's when you know both Frank and Andrew, the belief in both of them within the team, um, really made a switch at that point. I talked to Jacoby yesterday. Had a great talk with him, and and he said, you know, they were one and three, one and four, one and five, and Andrew said, I still think we're going to do it. I still think we're going to make the playoffs. And Jacoby's like, what are you talking about? And if you remember the Patriots game the following week, you guys lost. You only had 47 guys up or whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah. luck in that third quarter was on fire. And you're right. It was it was there. I was he was he was back from there. Um what was it like in, in Tennessee in week 17, both from a professional standpoint, it was great to make the playoffs and come back from one and five. I get that but you said that you guys had a moment in the locker room. What was that like personally? Because you know how hard it was for him to get to that point. Man, I still get emotional thinking about that. Just knowing what, what Andrew had been through, what we had been through, you know, organizationally. Um, but we, I'll never forget we're all celebrating that I saw him. We just gave each other, both of us got tears running down our face. And, you know, to know that what we had done as a team and everything he had overcome. And, you know, it was just, it was a really emotional moment. I still get emotional thinking about it just because, like, I think one of the things that is really misunderstood about Andrew, and this is what made him really special, was his. Like, he's a, not a good teammate. He's a special teammate. I mean, a really unique, special human being that cares about everybody. And for all the – and Andrew doesn't read or listen to anything, but it's hard not to hear what went on over that, you know, past year and a half. And, 
you know, to get to that moment and have that big moment, big win in Tennessee to get into the playoffs after the way we started when everybody doubted, including himself, um, to overcome that hill was a that was a that's a career moment that I'll never forget. You guys met after the season, and I think he told you, like, I'm excited about the future. He told you, Kobe, I can't wait for the season to start. I mean, at that point, you have to think we're building around this guy and we're going to make a run at it for a while. Right. We've got some pieces. We've got the young Darius Quentin. Um, I mean, you're you're really optimistic going into the next offseason, right? Yeah, we were giddy. I think both of us were. I think everybody in the organization was. I mean, and Andrew, I'll never forget after the Kansas City loss, we just ran it. We just got beat by a better team at that point. We weren't good enough yet um, to go win that game. And, and, and we exhausted so much energy to overcome the one and five start. And then, you know, we go down to Houston and, and get the, you know, the Tennessee win on Sunday night and the, the playoff game versus Houston. Um, and then, you know, we just, we weren't good enough yet. That that's, that's my responsibility. Um, and then we used so much emotional energy to get there. I think we just ran out of gas. Um, but, I'll never forget that next week. Andrew was, I mean, we talked and he was just, you could see the frustration that we weren't still playing in him. And his, I mean, his giddiness and determination and happiness and joy that I saw from what he had accomplished and the team had accomplished during the season had just carried over. And that, I mean, that went on for, I mean, not only, you know, into, you know, the end of the season, but also end of February, March, remember Andrew went and got married over in Europe. Um, and the emails, the, you know, what are we doing? You know, what, you know, what's our direction? Who are we signing? Um, you know, all of that, Andrew, you know, would stay in touch and weekly talk. And um, so, yeah, he was extremely excited about where we were going, the direction of the team. And, you know, the future is extremely bright. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. We don't need to get into specifics, but um, you found out in a different way than we all did. But were you, I don't, I mean, you think you said this, you, you didn't expect to hear the words retirement. Were you as stunned as we were when you found out that that's what his decision was? Knowing what we had been like, the one thing I never questioned over 2017 and 2018 season, and even into that off season of 19 was Andrew's mental toughness, his care for the game, his love for the game. Like all of those were really, really consistent. And you never saw signs of a guy that, you know, if I didn't have this, I'd be, you know, whatever. No, this was a, you know, Andrew's a passionate, caring, and and love to play the game. And love, like, 
I mean, sure, he got a big contract and got paid a lot of money, but Andrew, Andrew, Andrew didn't play because of the money. Andrew played because he loved playing football. He loved playing football with his teammates. He had a great empathy and care for them. And so I was, I was shocked. Um, and it took me a little time to process. I wasn't mad by any stretch because, you know, my relationship with Andrew at that point had developed into much more than a GM quarterback relationship. I mean, it was a true friendship and loving, caring relationship that's going to go far beyond, you know, football at that point. So I don't want to say like a, like a father, you know, um, cause he's got a great dad, but you know, our relationship was very close and, um, you know, I was, I was extremely shocked. Um, I was sad. I was very sad. Um, I'll never forget when his agent, Will Wilson, who I just have great respect for, um, and he's really good at his job, you know, when, when he was Andrew's agent, now he's, now he's, you know, involved in soccer. Matter of fact, he's the one that just brokered the deal, um, you know, for, yeah, for equal pay, um, which is just tremendous for, you know, men's and women's soccer, USA soccer, which I just thought was tremendous. But I'll never forget when we were in here, him and I were signing the, you know, the retirement stuff. Both of us got teary-eyed. You know, we both not just because of our care for Andrew and knowing what he had been through, how hard it had been on him um, and that it was over. You know, we both knew it was over and it, it was, yeah, this is actually the day it came out. This was the day of the preseason game um, when it actually ended up coming out that night, you know, and we signed and had to turn some things into the league. And I remember both of us having a moment where we both were teary eyed signing it going, man, you know, this beautiful, beautiful player is uh, not going to play anymore. Sad for football. That's what Jacoby said. He's like, he was like, I, you know, on one end, I, I was excited I, to play, but, but the, he's not going to be here every day. Like, you know, like that's, that's another loss you don't think about, you know, in that, in that moment. Um, well, no. And that's what, like, I think sometimes that's what people like the relationships you build in this game. Like there was a void and there still is days. I mean, like I still, we still talk, Andrew. It's not the same when you're not together every day, but it was like to watch his relationships with people around the building, with players, his relationship with Jacoby. I mean, those are, I sent both of them a picture here. I don't know, five or six months ago. I don't know, it came up one day I was at practice and they were standing together and I just took my phone out just to kind of capture the moment. And I sent it to both of them and, you know, time moves fast and you cherish the, the moments you have together and those relationships you have. So all of that, you know, yeah, that's what you miss. You know, that's what you miss. I mean, take the player away, you know, the relationships you, you form and build that are lifelong relationships. But when you're not together anymore, they're not quite the same. Last thing. Um, 
and, and this was almost unprecedented of a situation. And, and we've asked you about this a million times. You don't need to get all to all the stuff, but it, it was a crash course and how to move on from a franchise quarterback. And, and, and I'm curious now, what do you know about that that you couldn't have known on August 25th of 2019 in terms of how an organization deals with a crater like this? I mean, and, and in the moment, I went back and you're like, look, Jacoby's a great leader. We're going to roll with him. And you guys did. And in the moment, you just think about the next thing you have to do. But now that you've had some time, what have you learned about how an organization handles a seismic moment like that? Well, and I knew it, I knew in the moment it was going to be difficult going forward. I didn't, you know, I knew it was going to be hard. Now, maybe publicly I didn't say that. I knew it was going to be hard, but nobody, like nobody really cares. And you just, when you, you, when you, when you lose a great player, you know, especially at the quarterback position, um, you've got to find a way. I remember talking to the organization and everybody in the organization saying, look, I said, this organization has been really blessed with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. I said, okay, now welcome back to the real world. I said, now we're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. I said, we're going to have to work. We're going to have to continue to, to believe in what, who we are and what we do. Um, you know, because for a long time here, they're able to sell the quarterback. You know, and now, now let's, let's sell the horseshoe and let's build the horseshoe up and build the best team we can each and every year. Still with our sights set on – getting a generational player, but they come along sometimes, you know, once in a lifetime, but you've always got to be ready when that chance happens. And, but I think the, I think the biggest thing I learned, you know, is that you can't panic. You've got to continue to build and you got to find a way. That's the one thing I'm proud of. You know, even though we hadn't quite gotten the results we wanted, we didn't cater, you know, we didn't just, you know, crash, you know, a lot of teams lose a franchise quarterback and the organization goes into depths of despair for a long time. And, you know, we have not done that. Have we done what we needed to do? No, we have not. Um, but saying that, we have, we have not ever had to go hit rock bottom. We've kept this thing afloat. And I think we're moving forward in the right direction. Last thing, when I met with him, it was great. And, and, and I definitely got the sense that, that he's moved on. Um, whether yes. some people out there haven't is up for debate, but um, you've got that sense as well in terms of like, I mean, I didn't even ask him the question because I didn't even feel like it was appropriate, but you've never had any inclination that this might be a comeback situation. No. And I've never asked him. I don't, I have too much respect for Andrew. Um, and I'm not saying we, you know, people haven't talked to him about it, but me personally, um, I always figured if, if this game's too hard to like, not want to be in it a hundred percent. And I always figured if Andrew wanted to play, he'd call me and say, you know what, Chris, let's talk. I think I want to play football again. If he didn't call, uh, okay. And like, it's okay. Like, this is what upset me publicly is that he changed careers and selfishly people think that Andrew owes them something. 
And no, Andrew, Andrew gave this game a lot. And when he was done, he was done. And we moved forward. And, you know, I know that's hard for some people to accept, but that's what he did. And like, there's not been one, there's never been one day that I've ever resented him for doing what he did. Not one. Um, I have too much respect for him, who he's, who he is, who he stands for and the things he's going to do in life going forward. And I think, and I think Andrew will continue to make a difference, you know, here going forward. He's very bright. He's very curious. Um, he's got an unbelievable wife in the and they're going to do great things outside of the game of professional football. And I'm excited to watch and see what that, you know, what those things are here going forward. Special dude. He's just, yeah. He's yeah. Just, yeah. I've covered a lot of guys. You've been around a lot of players, but some of them just stand out. They always will. I don't, I don't know if I've ever been around a, just a more humble superstar. And he was. Look, I'll never forget after the Houston playoff game, we, you know, we win the game. We're walking. I'm walking down, and you know, everybody's excited. And there's James Harden, who at the time was one of the biggest stars in the NBA, waiting by the locker room to pay homage to Andrew. I mean, this guy was a legitimate superstar, and you would never know it. He could walk in a he could walk in a store and and you know you would never know and that's one of the things i really loved about him um he was just an everyday everyday guy um low maintenance um and just a really special human being he uh, i always go back to this he cared about the stuff that mattered and he did not care about the stuff that didn't and it's so easy to say that but in that position with so much being thrown at you that's rare. I mean, a lot of those guys really fall in love with themselves or the celebrity of it. And he just didn't have any interest in any of that stuff. He had an interest in being the best player he could be and being the best teammate he could be. That was it. And winning. That's all he cared about. And he didn't want the credit for winning. He understood the quarterback position and the nature of it and how they're going to get you know, how they're going to get more credit and blame than they probably deserve. But he wanted to deflect everything to others. And that's a beautiful quality. But more people could mimic that in the world today. <laughs>